Hello everyone, we would like to welcome you all to our first general body meeting for our 2020 fall semester of Ideal Woman. My name is Morgan Gray and I'm the president for this year and we as an e-board hope you all enjoy what we have planned for you guys today and it helps you in your future endeavors. Hello everyone, this is your secretary Cameron Jordan speaking. Before we begin, I'd like to share a quote with all of you to capture the essence of today's conversation. The mind is the limit. As long as the mind can envision the fact that you can do something, you can do it. As long as you really believe 100%. Hi everyone, this is your Vice President Keely Jones speaking. Now we will have our pledge. Please repeat after me. I pledge to lead a life that exemplifies womanhood in its highest forms. I commit to being the epitome of ideal, living a life of elegance and creating a lasting influence for those around me. I vow to always hold my head up high as a courageous and dignified woman. I pledge to flourish even in the hardest times by batting my innermost fears and failures. I promote what it means to be an intelligent, dignified, elegant, and ambitious leader. I commit to holding myself and other members accountable for actions and behaviors detrimental to the organization's missions and goals. Finally, I pledge to excel above the typical expectations of the norm. I pledge to be an ideal woman. First, we would like to start by introducing our guest speaker today, Ms. Kim Kowalski. Ms. Kim Kowalski is a coordinator of mental health outreach at Mississippi State University. She is a licensed professional counselor and board qualified supervisor. Her past clinical experience focuses on treating substance use disorder at residential treatment facilities. Since coming to MSU, suicide prevention has been one of her passions. Her goal is to bring awareness to mental health issues, reduce stigma and connect individuals to resources. Please help me welcome Ms. Kim Kowalski. So uh, once again, we would like to thank you, Ms. Kowalski, for joining us today. We'd like to get your expertise on our topic, Mind Over Matter. Today, we'd like to talk about motivating members to stay inspirational and momentous while maintaining school, business, life, and a healthy personality and personal life by setting reasonable goals during this pandemic. So we will start with our first question. Um, hey, um, this is Naka Edwards, and I'll begin by asking, what advice would you give students who are unmotivated and considering dropping out, especially during this pandemic? Yeah, excellent question. And 2020 has been a tough year. There's been numerous challenges, um, particularly on our mental health. And we talk about just this uncertainty that we continue to be in and how hard that is to navigate. Um, when you have a student who's at that crossroad, like, first of all, looking at what are the factors that have led up to this? What, is, what has happened in that student's life? Um, and then the next thing that comes to my mind, what resources have they used? Do they even know about the resources that are out there? And I think back to like the narrative that we're often told is that we need to figure out things on our own. That asking for help, being vulnerable is weakness. Mm. Um, and that's unfortunate. What's been really interesting, some things I've learned, Brene Brown, who some of y'all may be familiar with, is a researcher and she, um, research people who are courageous and one of the things that she found in common with all of these people um, that are you know admirable that we, we want to live the same kind of life they were all vulnerable which is weird right because we think of vulnerability often is a negative thing not a positive thing 
but that is what she found and that when we're vulnerable she she described it as that is the birthplace of love and joy but it is tough to be vulnerable right it is scary it is uncomfortable to put ourselves out there and then thinking about asking for help when we're struggling many times we're not speaking up um, and we're not telling people around us you know what is going on and reaching out and getting that help that could determine you know is this something that I can make this work and going back to the factors like it may be something as like I'm struggling academically I'm homesick I'm lonely this has been hard financially I'm struggling and I don't know how to make ends meet you may be dealing with a physical, like a medical condition, trauma. There's so many variables and multiple things going on at once. And you know, without knowing that specific student and their situation, it's hard to tell like exactly what is gonna be the best thing for that person. But I think a big part is getting connected and, and reaching out for that help to see what is the best thing for that student and they can make that decision. And we'll talk more about some resources at the end. Okay, so for my question, um, I'm Noelani Lewis, and I'm the treasurer for the school year. Um, what are some methods we could use to help us regain confidence after failure? Oh, another excellent question. When you're in it, it's so hard because you're defeated. When you, you, know, you mess up, you're just like, oh. And I think about this idea of, we call it self-compassion or self-kindness, that we treat ourselves the way we would a good friend. So what are we saying in our heads when we screw up? Mm -hmm. A lot of times I'm saying things I would never say out loud to someone <laughs> I care about, right? I'm so much harder. We're, we're, we tend to be our own worst critic. Um, so when we're let down by that, you know, trying to change that language of like, okay. And something I've learned over the years is my mistakes often teach me more than my successes. Right. And thinking about the people who are listening to this, right? So whether you're on your your cell phone or you're on a computer. Thinking about that, how did those get developed? How many years and years and mistakes after, you know, prototype to get where what, with what we're using today? So numerous failures occurred, right, to get to that point. So thinking about that in a different set of like, what can I learn from this? What has this experience taught me? And I know it's much easier looking back on it and seeing, okay, this is how, I was able to grow. I think another piece to it, it makes life interesting, right? Mm -hmm. If we had it all figured out, like it would, it would, yeah. We always have that ability to grow and learn and like improve upon ourselves. Hey, this is Delia speaking. And I wanted to go back on your comment when you said um, about what you repeating about success. Um, where your failures, yeah. you learn. Yes, yeah. yes. So do you feel like? Most people, a lot of people are scared of failure. So do you feel like that part of holds a lot of people back because they're scared, they're scared to fail and more it brings you a lot of lessons yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah, and I think it goes back to what we're talking about being vulnerable yeah. and like putting ourselves out there. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. I was scared when Keely sent me this email. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. And you know, my first thought is like, me? Like, what can I, how can I answer these questions and a podcast? Oh my goodness. Um, but what did I do? I worked through it and I faced it. I'm like, okay, this is going to, this is probably not going to be perfect and I'm going to learn from it. And the next time I have this opportunity, I'm going to be better at it, right? Because I've gone through it and just trying to, to kind of remind yourself of that. Um, anytime we, 
we're, we're in a project, we're going to make mistakes and being kind to yourself and like, okay, I didn't make it this time, I'm just gonna try another route, mm -hmm. right? And troubleshoot. I guess my question would be, um, what, how are you kind to yourself? Like, what can you do to be kind to yourself? And I know we're gonna, um, we may talk a little bit more about this, but the, like I said, the language in your head, the things you say to yourself, but also how, like if you do succeed in something, treating yourself, rewarding yourself um, when things work out. And once again, just hold, reminding not to hold yourself to that standard of, you know, if this doesn't work out, I'm, I'm dumb, I'm a failure, why did I even bother? Like those things that, that kind of can pop into our head of just, okay, let's sit, sit this through. If a friend had gone through this experience, what would I tell them, mm -hmm. right? And I would probably say things like, okay, this doesn't define you. Think of all the successes you've had. I would want to point that out to them, right? Like think about that time you did this and you were so scared, but it worked out. Um, and I think that helps us all when we're reminded, okay, I've been in tough places before, and it doesn't matter how old you are. We all have had things happen in our life that were tough, and we got through it. And, like, how did I get through that challenge? What is something about that that can help me conquer this one and find that inner strength to get it through? Um, I think it kind of just wraps back around to that. Uh, it's kind of like a cliche, but it's a very relevant quote to our topic. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. So um, it goes back to like that being vulnerable and actually putting your best foot forward and at least trying to at least say you did it mm -hmm. in the first place. So, yeah. All right. So coming from Cameron B. Next question is, what advice would you give to a student who tends to procrastinate? This is a funny question because I must <laughs> confess. I'm a procrastinator, and I know you're probably not supposed to say this. You're supposed to say all these great things like time management, figuring it out. Okay, here's the deal. I, in my life, have procrastinated, and I know why I do it. It's like sometimes I've been able, it gets done, right? And then I'm like, okay, it's reinforcing. The next time, I'll just wait. And a lot of times when I'm procrastinating, it's like, it's not something I'm really enjoying doing. It's something I'm dreading, or maybe I don't have a lot of confidence in it, and I'm putting it off to the last minute. Now, there are times, though, it doesn't always work out, right? When we wait to the last minute, we may make more mistakes, just what we, our final product is not uh, what it could have been had we taken that time and prepare. I get it, it's hard, like time is precious, and there's sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day. Another thing I know about procrastinating from my own personal experience is what's the thing I give up? Sleep <laughs> is what I give up when I frequently procrastinate, whether I'm actually doing it or I'm just in my head and I can't go to sleep worrying about what I've waited to the last minute to do. And when I'm sleep deprived, I'm no good for anybody, right? I have a harder time with my emotions when I'm sleep deprived. Um, just coping with things in general and just kind of how that, that looks like if we continue to procrastinate and we're not taking care of ourselves. Um, so, and we probably have always like have heard those things about time management and like, and we're going to talk more about some strategies, but breaking things down into to tasks that are doable, um, you know, and it may not, maybe like each day a little, little bit at a time, something I know that may sound silly, sometimes I've like told myself, hey, it's really due two days before, 
even though but then a part of me knows it's not due until that day but i'm like okay let me at least get some of this work done instead of waiting for the last minute but some of you around the table may have some some good advice to this one too Ooh, I don't know because knowing Lonnie, I perform under pressure. So this is a, a topic that I need advice on for myself. So, speaking of what she just, what Noe Lonnie just said, uh, this is Cameron Jordan, and I'm going to ask, how do you feel about students who feel that they do work best under pressure? Do you think that that affects them in other aspects of life, or do you think? Some people just work better under pressure. I think some people just work better under pressure, and if it works for you, um, and you're not having any problems as a result of it, I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily something to change, unless it's impacting you in a negative way. Um, and I mentioned the sleep, that's just my own personal thing. I know I've done that to myself. Um, but if you are somebody that's able to, you know, really thrive under that pressure, and sometimes we see um, good things that come out from that. So I think each their own. I think it just goes back to really just knowing yourself at mm -hmm. the end of the day. I know that um, I have to take stuff day by day. I write papers like weekly. So I know that if I want to be successful, I have to start at the beginning of time. I have to continue to self-motivate myself, plan out what days I want to do it. I stay on myself. I understand the importance of it. So I work day by day. But I know that differs from a lot of people. But, you know, you just got to know yourself at the end of the day. Uh, hey, this is Tay. But just to piggyback off what you were saying, I wanted to ask what if someone maybe isn't as comfortable or doesn't know themselves as much. So what method or what do you think someone should do to try to figure out what could possibly work best for them? Um, this is Keely. I'll go ahead and chime in for this one. So uh, coming in, I was a procrastinator, you know, uh, coming into college at least. Um, you know, you go from high school and you can do everything last minute and still get an A. Coming in, doing chemistry one and biological sciences, you can't do that. So what I found that worked for me personally, which is something that I hope could work for our members as well, is when you get that planner, stay organized. When you get the assignment, at least do the outline of it or at least do what you can. So you might have had lecture on problems that could do like one through 10. At least get those done at that time. So you're not uh, doing the whole do tomorrow. Okay, do tomorrow. <laughs> so um, just taking it kind of like what Morgan was saying, day by day, if you do piece by piece, you at least have a framework. Um, and that also does go back to knowing yourself as well. Just to expand on what you just said, um, I find it better that, especially if I'm talking about something like history or philosophy or just writing or reading in general, if you just talk to your friends about it. Like, um, I don't know about y'all, but I have very like philosophical writing, like creative type friends. So if I'm reading something about philosophy, I'll send them the link, I'll send them a video and I'll be like, hey, what are your thoughts on this? How do you feel about this? Even if you don't take the time to write out a outline or a thing, even if you, it's just best to come up with your own thoughts about it. Like hear other people's opinions about it because that always is going to help you. Yeah. Oh, I was just saying, like, um, for me, it was bad. Like, for me, it was bad. Like, I love to sleep. So, basically, I'm going to sleep and try to do everything for the last minute. But, like, now I just, like, plan everything out, plan everything out for, like, for the week. 
So I know I gotta do this by this day, doing this. It's just like I'm improving, but it's just like steps just for somebody who's just struggling. Also, just write everything you got down for this week and make sure you do it. I mean, it's just a first step. Just start. Um, for me, I was just going to say from a non-traditional standpoint, um, I wasn't very studious and or organized and or um, <clears throat> good in high school. And when I got here, I was more on it. Um, and that came from learning more about myself, like Morgan said. And more specifically, I realized like, I had ADHD. Not only do I have ADHD, not only should I depend on the medicine, but I should also listen to podcasts and things like that that can help me to get to know myself better. So anybody that might have a learning deficiency or ADHD, like that, it can help. So. Um, I just really want to emphasize again what Cam was saying, because I think it's especially a important especially now given the circumstances that we're all performing under and to piggyback off what Nautica said I think it's really important to not overwhelm yourself and look at everything on such a large view or a large scale because with all these online classes and you can see what you have do three weeks four weeks in advance it can be overwhelming so it's really important to just take it step by step focus where your feet are and just look at things that way honestly and to help me with that because I don't have the discipline to sit here and just be like, okay, no, you're going to get a planner. I get a planner every single school year. And I stop after like week two. <laughs> and so I just, I, sometimes I need a friend to just be like, okay, no, you're going to study with me tonight. I'm just like, yeah, because I need somebody to tell me to do this early so that I'm not working under pressure the way I've convinced myself that I work well under pressure. Sometimes I just feel like it's just become a habit and I don't know how to get rid of it anywhere else. So I rely on other people. I love the accountability that that, you know, you're not wanting to let someone else down mm -hmm. and that's, and you're going to benefit from it. That's knowing myself. <laughs> and um, just to kind of circle back around to the procrastination, um, if you feel, if you are somebody that feels like procrastinate, procrastination weighs you down and it's hindering you, think back to that assignment that you waited last minute to do and how it made you feel yeah. like, oh, like, dang, I know I could have done better. That B could have easily been an A if I just would have took more time. So if you think back to how it made you feel, it'll help you for the next time around. You say, okay, well, this time I won't procrastinate. So you won't have to put yourself back into that feeling, but ideally. You, but you also have people like, okay, I could have did worse, but I'm at B, so I was like, okay, I can do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's why I say if you if you are somebody that procrastinates and you feel that it's more detrimental, if the it's basically weighing your marginal costs and your marginal benefits. If you feel that it's costing you more than it's benefiting you, then um, you might want to reconsider what you're doing. Marginal costs and benefits. Yeah, that came from economics. Come on, we love to That class I procrastinated in. Okay. This is Daria Lane. I'm the point secretary for this upcoming school year. And my question to Ms. Kim will be, why is it important to reevaluate our goals and should we do it? Yes, I think that's really important because we're in flux. Things are constantly changing. Um, and maybe something we set six months ago just doesn't make sense now. Maybe our values, and I know our values are like the, the core things that make us who we are and you were talking to Morgan about just knowing yourself um, but different seasons of our life different things are more important to us um, and you know kind of also figure out well, what have I achieved what have I accomplished 
Um, and what is still left, you know, and like what are some short-term goals and long-term goals? Um, because I think that's important because, you know, we all have these things, maybe you get that question, like, where do you see yourself a year from now, right? <laughs> but like more of the immediate, like, what can I do? And I love to what you're talking about too, with even like day to day, like, what can I accomplish day to day or this week? What are my goals for this week? And make, just breaking it down, I think can help us. I think another thing, I feel like another reason we should reevaluate our goals is because it's really, I feel like we should all, we all deserve to give ourselves that celebration when we do accomplish a goal. So it'll be good to go back and just thank yourself and give yourself that pep talk and mm -hmm. how you're proud of yourself and reevaluating that goal that you have accomplished. I think that's another reason that we should reevaluate our goals. For sure. Hey, this is Stacia. My question is, what is prioritizing by task and what are the major considerations when prioritizing high impact tasks? Yeah, so I know we've already kind of talked a bit about um, figuring out what's most important. Like, and I, I'm a big fan of to-do lists, daily to-do lists, and like putting everything down. Because when I think about all those things, I'm overwhelmed. But if I put them down in like smaller tasks, and sometimes I will even do this, I will start the thing that's the easiest, <clears throat> right? So there's no better feeling than like checking that off or crossing it through. I'm like, okay, I've done that. Now I can move to the next one. But also figure out deadlines. Like which one, that's often what I do. Which one is the first thing to do? Let me focus on that and go from there. But I, I just think it makes things much more workable when we have that, that plan. We see everything that we've got to do and then figuring out the time for it and can I get help on this? I love what Morgan said with like even a class, like getting input from friends. And I, you also talked about that accountability. Is it something that I can do? Another thing I don't think we say enough is setting boundaries. Yes. Saying no. Yes, that's my favorite thing oh. to say. <laughs> and I, think, I think sometimes as women, we also have um, maybe been taught or conditioned that we say yes, that we're pleasers. Um, and it is hard when we have all these things on our plate and we agree to it and then we get resentful about it. Like, whoa, why did I say yes to this? Um, and figuring out, okay, if I can't do this, I need to let someone know. Is there someone else that can take this on? And it's okay. I just have to communicate that with people because they're not mind readers. They don't know what all is on my plate. This is Cameron Jordan speaking, and my question for you is, what are some effective ways to deal with stress or bottled emotions so that you can be mentally present in your endeavors? Oh, another good question. Um, and I, I would love, like, we went around the table and, like, said our, our go-to way of coping with stress. They're all going to be very different, I imagine. And I imagine many of us have multiple things that work for us. Um, it can be as simple as, like, our physical bodies just taking a walk. Um, whether we go to the gym or just taking a walk on campus, like being outdoors. Music, how powerful is music? Um, and so much of, you know, memory, positive memories and, and certain songs that just hold, hold that, that space for us. Is that something? Could it be dancing, right? Um, safely being with our friends. And I know I heard y'all talk about the virtual piece. I think that's been so hard. Mm -hmm. um, and we think about how we manage stress, those connections with people. As human beings, we are wired for connection. 
And with this, we have been told, right, you've got to socially distance. And I know we're, we're doing all these virtual things, but it's still not the same as that face-to-face -face contact. So figuring out, are there ways I can safely wear a mask, you know, do the six feet, and connect with the people I need in my life to vent or to, to talk about other things so I don't have to be, you know, the things that are on my mind, I have that reprieve. Um, so I think those relationships are so important. But also, sometimes we need time to ourselves, don't we? We need that kind of like cleanse, like quiet time. Maybe it's Netflix. Maybe, and you know, I'm someone from the South. I've, I've grown up in Mississippi my whole life, and I take for granted comfort food, right? <laughs> um, my grandmother made cornbread just about every single day. How she made a cornbread? The tap water, she made it <laughs> She had a big castor on skillet, and she made this amazing cornbread. And I just think, like, that is, you know, I crave that sometimes because that's comfort to me. That reminds me of being a kid and being taken care of. And not, not knocking Chick-fil-A, way too much fast food. But, like, there's a difference, right, when we um, eat a home-cooked meal or something healthy that's just nourishing. Sleeping. I know you were talking about sleeping in a way of, like, maybe avoiding doing tasks, sleeping too much. But, like, sometimes we need that. We just need to rest listen to our bodies, give it what it needs. And so, and I would love if y'all have additional ideas of things that have worked for you that have been effective with managing stress. Um, I cry. Yeah. Oh, wow. I hate crying in public. I hate crying in front of people. There's like something I hate to do. But like if I'm by myself and I'm overwhelmed, I don't want to say I make myself cry, but I just know um, crying has so much health benefits like releasing this stress just owning up to it taking the time to just be like okay this is my pity party when i get done crying that's it i'm finna get back on my grind i'm gonna focus like crying really does help me even though it's so weird to say it i also garden like i tend to my plants um just being out there checking on the foliage checking on how much water intake my plants are getting it's something to take my mind off of it so that's cooking planting, gardening, of uh, just talking it out, getting different people's perspectives. Those are great ways for me to relieve stress. Yeah, it's very cathartic. Um, I'm just gonna piggyback off of you. But what I find uh, for our more spiritual members, um, I have my prayer journal. So if I ever have like a feeling of doubt within myself, if I'm feeling angry, what I'll do, I'll open to the gospel you know, read a scripture, two or three or four or seven, whatever I'm <laughs> feeling that day. And I'll just write. And then I might write a letter to God. That's how I like to journal. I just write to him and I'll just express how I'm feeling to him. And that actually does help me specifically. Um, and I hope one of our general body members, I can help them too. Um, for me, I like to drive. One thing about me, I'm going to drive. I don't care how far it is. And I like to you know, blast and listen to my music. Because for me, it's like a, an escape from out of reality. Let me get away from, you know, what's making me overwhelmed, what's making me stressed, what's making me want to just, you know, bang my head against the wall. So that's me. I'm going to go drive. And I'm also going to eat. That's probably not real. <laughs> it's probably not a good habit. But I like to eat a lot. And I will drive to go eat. And then drop some more. <laughs> I don't see the problem. Yeah. There's no problem with that. <laughs> I know this may sound like not a big thing, but um, I like to take bubble baths, like with the lights mm -hmm. off. Yeah, like yeah. candlelit, yeah. got the crystal, R&B music. music. Yep. <laughs> 
Um, there's no, there's no better feeling than just feeling clean and like doing a face mask and just relaxing. Sometimes there's some school assignments that you can just push to the side for a little bit and just take some time for yourself because you can't do anything if you're not in the right headspace. So that's one thing that I like to do. Yeah. Make sure you wash your feet before you get in that tub and soak. <laughs> but <laughs> um, another thing that I personally like to do, um, if you can't tell by this podcast, I like to talk, whether that be talking to myself or talking to my friends. But sometimes those those negative thoughts that sit there and just fester in your head, they're not doing anything to help you. So just by like just speaking them out, just putting them out there. And that goes back again to being vulnerable and courageous to actually acknowledge those feelings um, can actually help as well. OK, um, so back with um, Cam Jay was saying. Of just like relaxing. I know I kind of like change like my music type, so I just listen to more soft music, just kind of relax. And I also like singing, I guess just like sing out loud, just like release everything. Oh, girl, let's hear something. I'm playing, I'm playing. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like singing out loud, it's just like just just take all the negative negative out your body, and it's just like, "Mm." but I do like sleeping too, so that's good. I listen to straight gangster music. Hello. Hello. Oh, I'm straight, like, I'm in your face when I'm upset. Like, what? Please. When I say step out of my reality, I turn to alter ego. No, I just get straight. Uh, and then finally, for me, I don't really, I have a hard time, like, relieving stress while sitting still. So I like to clean. I like to write. Mm-hmm. And then if those are both, like, undesirable for y'all just think about something that's like repetitive yet mindless so i'm terrible at art a lot of people say i look artsy i'm not an artist but if y'all like art it's mindless and it's repetitive so oh i spray paint stuff like i'm an artist this is what i do like deep down in my soul i'll go buy a three dollar can of spray paint and if i feel like something in my room is not the right color i'll go outside and spray paint it a different color i just find stuff to spray paint it's so fun and art doesn't necessarily have to be the conventional paint and paper, paint pencil. Paint you can pencils. Right. You can even, uh, what I'd like to do for myself, I like to go dye somebody's hair. My hair, my friend's hair, a wig, or even do makeup. Uh, when I'm feeling sad or down, I'll look at a picture on Instagram and say, okay, I'll just recreate this on my face. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't always have to be the conventional, write in my journal, I'm feeling this today. Whatever works for you is what we want for y'all to find for yourselves. Going off what Keely was saying. Hold on, because was finna say something. (laughs) What I was gonna say was like, my problem for me was it what to do to relieve stress. It was like literally not stressing while even trying to relax. So like sometimes I can be watching TV and in my head the whole time, I'm like, you know you got that time you do tonight. Mm -hmm. You know you got this, you know you got that. So for me, I had to let myself know that I'm going to get it done. And then, you know, like go ahead and say, you gotta get this done at this time. And then I can start relaxing because I can't even, you know, sit down and eat without thinking, you know you have this assignment done, you know you have this test tomorrow. So for me, I have to start with my mind first and then do like physical stuff like taking a bath. Thank you. I could say I really understand what you mean by that station because it's really hard for me sometimes to separate the fact of I am allowed to relax right now or I need to be doing work right now. So sometimes I think it's it's really important to be able to say okay, I can take a break, I'm allowed to do this, I don't have to be thinking about my work right now, I'm gonna get to it. So that is especially important. And since I'm already talking, I'm gonna go ahead and ask you a question. So um, acknowledging incremental success is vital to keeping yourself motivated. So I wanted to know, why do you think it's important to reward yourself after small wins? I 
Yeah, and I think it speaks to what we've already been talking about, just that motivation, you know, acknowledging the success. And I think sometimes we, we finish something and then we got the next thing and we don't even have time to celebrate that because it's like, okay, now I'm worried about this next thing. Um, but appreciating that moment. And I think sometimes when we say reward, what comes to mind? We think, oh, it's got to cost money. Like, it's got to be a massage or a manicure. And it does not have to be anything that cost money. And y'all all kind of shared some things that worked for, for you for stress. I'm curious, um, what are some, some ways that you reward yourself? What has worked for you that's motivating? Food. <laughs> Let's just start. Stay there for a second. Okay. Stay there for a second. <laughs> yeah, I um, think food is a cure-all for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Mary. I like ice skating if we want to be a little more specific. I like cold stuff. I got an iced coffee right now. I'm into snow cones. Let's let's do popsicles. Anything with ice, a slush, what freeze pop? Girl, mm. stop playing with me. I love ice. <laughs> a cup of ice. That's a treat. <laughs> I feel. Oh, you can go ahead. Karen. I just want to say a ten piece hot lemon pepper is going to be the treat. <laughs> <laughs> it's the extra season. It's wet. It's wet. <laughs> Two ranch, please. Oh. <laughs> Uh, they're gonna think this is a food podcast <laughs> for me i love southern food so like give me some greens give me some, 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 some <laughs> give, me, give me all that give me my grandma cooking like i know i like talk about it a lot like they know i always talk about greens for some reason i, like, <laughs> I was like okay i'm gonna cook some greens today <laughs> wait at night and i can just cook me a whole thing of greens I can attest to this. I'm her roommate. Like, don't you reap the benefits? Like, doing something good. I was like, okay, I'm going to eat some greens today. It's going to make me happy. So it's just, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, I think another one that we can all relate to is retail therapy. I do that a lot. Yes. So let's imagine that we are poor college students. <laughs> what would be some other ways that would be our little rewards for ourselves. I get my toes done. Thrift shop. We are poor college students. Get <laughs> own toes. Y'all no. don't got yeah, 20? Thrift store. Thrift mm-hmm. store. Love the thrift store. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I like buying cleaning supplies. I don't know. I, I just play in an adult house and you actually buy stuff. You're like, ooh, I'm an adult. Like, I can buy these. Ooh, I'm going to clean house. Like socks. <laughs> I just don't know. It's like okay. That you, that's mature of you. What about just cleaning in general? Oh yeah. no, that's I therapy. Yeah. I wouldn't reward myself with therapy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, some people need to though, because yeah. some people forget that they actually need that. Yeah, I feel like stress, it yeah, does it help does with stress. It does relieve stress because, like, a clean house is like yeah. it, a clean mind. It is. Yeah. That's exactly what it symbolizes. Yeah. If your room is a mess, that's like your mind is cluttered. Yeah. And I have you... a hard time going to sleep with the cluttered room. Oh, I go to sleep. <laughs> I push, <laughs> push those clothes to the end of the bed. <laughs> I can tell y'all now. I have a cl- like just a hamper full of clothes just sitting on the side of my bed like a person, like, and I cuddle with them. But I feel like for me, what I do, I'll allow that special time with my friends because you know, it's, I mean, we are social distancing, so it can be like hard to stay away. But if I made sure I finished all my assignments, I aced my test, my room is clean. If I can have one or two friends over that are Corona free, then why not spend that time with them that I can? So yes, Miss Kim, what were you about to say? Yeah, so going back to cleaning, um, that was like my go-to thing in college. I have roommates that I thought I was the weirdest person because yeah. I was always vacuuming and mopping, <laughs> and unfortunately, I no longer um, cope with stress that way. Um, but 
what I think about, we're going back to like COVID and what the world looks like right now. There is so much that's out of our control, right? Mm-hmm. And it's easy to get into that, like just feeling hopeless and just helpless. But going back to something as simple as our, our environment and with virtual, it's your room, right? Many times it's your bedroom that you are in. What can I do in that space? to make it more comfortable for me, to make it a place of beauty, inspiration, peace, calm. And those are some things that we can kind of, we can control and we can do some things about. So it just reminded me of that. Going off like your room and stuff like that, I'm the type of person, like, I don't like the same thing, like to see the same thing. So I, I read like, I move everything in my room. Like I will move my bed like three, four times. Sometimes just a new scenery will like really help you. So I mean, that might help somebody. Mm-hmm. Or even going to new places. Um, yeah. Go sit in the garden. Go sit at a park. Um, it can help you clear your mind. You know, just being in that open, fresh air. Honestly, it's probably healthier to be outside than inside now. Mm-hmm. So I'm just. Little things like that. For my Instagram girls, um, I love taking pictures, editing pictures, mm-hmm. editing videos. It's so mm-hmm. relaxing to me. Like it consumes a large part of my time. Mm-hmm. Just finding content, finding locations, finding outfits, dolling myself up. That's like me rewarding myself. Then I get three hundred likes when I post it on social media, so mm-hmm. that's a high five for me. <laughs> so And then another one, um, Sorry, I forgot my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come back to you. <laughs> come on, Kaylee. Um, let's, let's wrap it up because yeah. we are cutting close on our time. Yeah, so um, for our last question of the day, sadly, because uh, we are enjoying talking to you, Ms. Kowalski, uh, what are some viable options for people who may feel like they don't necessarily have the resources to overcome any issues? This could be friends to vent to or the financial resources, the familial or the friendly or staff support, anything of that nature. Yeah, so my first thought is student counseling services. That is the Campus Counseling Center. It is free and it's confidential. And I think it's important to hear both of those things, that there's no cost associated. It's something you benefit you get as a student, so take advantage of it. It's also confidential, so it's a place you can be vulnerable and be talking about things you may not be talking about with anyone else in your life. Even those of us that have those relationships, we may not want to burden that person, or maybe we've also talked too much about it. Those people don't know how to help us anymore. Um, and I know it's, I'm, I'm biased, I'm a counselor, is my background, um, but talking to a complete stranger who is trained to listen, they're not gonna judge us. They're there to understand the world from our point of view, to hear about our experiences, to hear what our goals are, and to work together to help us achieve that. Um, so having that place to unload and figure out who we are. I think college is a big time where we're tested and even with relationships, like what we want, what we don't. Um, in this organization, I've worked here now, it'll be eight years in November. This is a prestigious organization. The women who, who have been an ideal, who continue to, to recruit, this is a place of support as women to be successful, have women rooting for you. Sometimes with women, we get catty and we, we put each other down, but like having this as a group of women who are there to support one another and are there to help you find resources as upperclassmen who have figured out, out things, 
Um, there's financial aid, there's the writing center, there's the career center if you're not sure. I was someone, I didn't figure out my major to write before my junior year. Um, so we're all in different positions of what our needs are, but there is going to be an office on campus that can address that. The first thing is asking for the help. If you don't know where it is, that's the first step is getting connected. Now the counseling center this semester is doing everything virtual. You can go to their website, counseling.msstate.edu, and they have a virtual waiting room. You click on the link Monday through Friday, 9 to 4, and the next available clinician will start a session with you and kind of go from there determining your needs. There's some really cool things they're doing this semester, too. Um, there's a voice support group for African-American students to have that space to process and to... Um, gain support. Kimberly Peoples is one of the therapists at the Counseling Center. She is headed that up. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities that may work. And that kind of leads into my next question. Um, so in the black community, it is kind of a stigma with actually seeking that help, professional help at least. Um, what advice would you give to our members who are predominantly African-American students uh, with seeking that help? And one thing happened to me earlier today, so I was in a session and someone who I respect, admired, brought up imposter syndrome. This was something that she experienced and she also talked briefly about her therapy and working with a therapist. And in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, so I'm not the only one that feels like this. What is imposter syndrome? So like feeling, especially in academia, you know, working on a college campus that like, I don't belong here, I'm not smart enough. Um, I'm not good enough, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, you know, when you're surrounded by scholars and, you know, you can feel intimidated and feel like, okay, I don't know, is this really where I need to be? Um, but her speaking up about that and being vulnerable, I felt connected because I could relate to that. So I think that's also the power in sharing. If you're someone who is comfortable and you've gone through some tough things yourself, and therapy has been helpful or something else you've done has been helpful, being able to talk about that, I think is a big step and realizing, okay, I'm not the only one who's felt like this or has, has reached out for help. Um, just playing off of what Keely mentioned as well as what you were answering to that, someone that's uh, tried therapy at different uh, points in their life, age points, uh, mental states, things like that, but still feel like it really doesn't help as much as it should or as much as like testimonials have a claim how would you um give advice or what would you say to someone that still wants to like be on their mental health game feel better yeah. pursue things in life but don't really feel like a therapist is for them yeah. or that's not their right? that's a that's a great question like figure out what is it that you connect with is it reading self-help books is it a ted talk right is it just talking to people in your life um, that are like mentors or that inspire you. Um, and, and yeah, please know, yes, I, I, I talk about therapy as a resource, but that's certainly not the only resource. There are a lot of people that never get counseling, and right? They're doing yeah. well. Um, so figuring out what works for you. But there's so many things now, podcasts, all kinds of things that you can constantly be improving yourself and learning who you are. So you don't feel like therapy is something that like everyone should have? Because some therapists do believe like every person should have a therapist. Do you feel like that's a necessity? I, I think that's just an individual choice. Okay. And you know, and I can really hear what you're saying, you know, if you haven't had a great experience, like it is hard to 
um, to try that again. But one thing I have been told, like thinking about a pair of blue jeans, how hard that is to find the perfect fit, right? <laughs> um, you know, like it's too tight, it's too big. Well, kind of like that maybe with a therapist is maybe the first few aren't the best fit. Um, and being willing to find someone that you can connect with and that you feel comfortable opening up. So like being willing to try it again, you know, if that's something that you're, you're still kind of looking for. Okay. That may be a, like just a personal dynamic with that person. Well, do we have any more questions for Ms. Kowalski? No, no, this is great. No, this, this was very great. Wow. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> for our members, uh, by now you should have all received a post-GBM survey. It's a very quick survey. Uh, we ask that you fill this out by Sunday afternoon, uh, September 20th by 5 p.m. to receive attendance for this general body meeting. Uh, and we ask that y'all have like, you know, be a good sport and only fill it out for yourself. Um, <laughs> all right, and that concludes our first general body meeting, Mind Over Matter. Thanks for listening. <laughs>